I just can't help but smile when I hear that music because it means that we are in for a treat. We've hit our audio cues and it's time for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast Forums Edition. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Reed, and you can find out about me and all the other members of the Wrecking Crew by going to rec.poker slash crew. Um, but I got to thank our friends, uh, website AMP and Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino for letting this action-packed experience happen every week. Uh, I've got the best job in the world because every week I'm joined by this band of uh, brothers and sisters who are here to share our love of poker with the world. Uh, Crew, why don't you introduce yourselves to Rec Poker Nation? I'm Eric Jin. I'm known as Binkley on the Rec Poker Forum. You can find me on Twitter, at Rec Binkley. I'm John Somsky. I'm also known as Poker Geek MN everywhere. I'm Kim Kilroy. I'm Pet Vet most places for G56 on Poker Stars. Well, thanks for joining me, gang. Uh, it's Monday night. We're playing in the nightly home game, the play money home game that we play every night. Uh, if you don't know what Rec Poker is, uh, we're an online and live community of po- folks that like playing poker. We love playing. We love learning. We love sharing our stories and our bad beats and railing each other. And it's free to join. Go to rec.poker and sign up right now. Uh, If you do, you get to participate in the forums. So what we do every week is we take a post from the rec.poker forums, bring it here on the air and talk about it with the panel. So this week, we're taking a look at a post by I'm a Luigi, who is a uh, friend of the forums here. He posts there quite a bit. Uh, Louis Hillman, who's also, uh, I don't know if we have his, uh, you know, I don't have his Twitter handle up on the screen right now, but he's a fun follow on uh, Twitter as well. Look up, I'm a Luigi, and I'm pretty sure it's pretty uh, tied into that. Um, So Louis has a question here from playing in the money of the main event with about 44 big blinds, and the blinds are at 612. So this is a spot, you know, we're all recreational players. We're in a big tournament like this. And, you know, once you get down to 40 big blinds, you're definitely in a spot where any hand could be your last hand. Um, So you really have to think about getting, you know, I guess everyone has their own goals for this kind of a thing. But if you're trying to really maximize your odds of winning, you got to be really picking the spot to make good decisions here. And um, this is a, he puts an excellent post out here. So I'm a Luigi. Louis Hillman has the post. Daniel Hashem opens to 26K from middle position. He has about 1.5 million and a massive chip lead at the table with a VPIP of around 40 to 50, but he's playing very passively post flop. The button, uh, which is to Louis's left, is playing very tight. And Hero does not remember him playing any hands since he was moved to the table about two hours ago. So uh, the middle position player, uh, Daniel Hashem, opens to about 2.2 big blinds. And Louis sitting there with the king of spades, eight of spades. Now, I think conventionally, this might be a marginal fold or a marginal call or a marginal three bet. It is one of those cusp hands that has some good qualities, but it's just not that strong a hand. Um, Louis talks about that in his post and says that because the opener is playing so wide and because the button is playing so tight, uh, he was inclined to call 
with this hand and essentially widening his calling range preflop. So it listen, if you're if you're if the person to your right is opening wide and the person to your left is tight, then you should definitely be shrinking your folding range. But whether we should be expanding our calling range or taking them some of those hands and putting them into a three bed range is a question I thought we could talk about here with the group. So this is one of those hands that has a lot of things going for it. It's got a king blocker. It's got suitedness. Um, it's got two cards higher than a seven. So some people would say those are great qualities for a call. Some people would say those are great qualities for a light three bet. What is the, what is the group here thing? So they want to have like a off the top. This is what they definitely prefer to do in this spot. Um, I looked this hand up on Floptimal. So Floptimal likes a us to play this hand in this position versus a low jack open um, or versus the high jack open. And it likes us to raise 40% of the time and call 60% of the time. So with those sort of, um, with the dynamics at the table and with a tight player after us, I think this is more reason to just err on the side of raising when we are against a, um, a, a large stack that's opening too wide because they're opening so many hands. And we encourage the tight button to fold more hands. When they call us, if the button if the button raises or calls us, we can get if the button raises us, we can easily fold this hand. We don't have to go go further with it. If the um, button folds and the original razor uh, four bets us, we can easily fold this hand. So, uh, and if they if the button folds and the original razor calls us, we're playing the pot in position as the aggressor. So. I prefer the raise, but I don't mind the call, either one. Yeah, I, th I think what the hero is doing is he's considering himself to be on the button because mm. he said, I haven't seen this guy play in two hours. He's probably going to fold. He's, he's, he's kind of banking on that. He's like, well, in all probability, he's going to fold, so I'm on the button. So, um, so I, I think his reasoning might be that um, – you know, he assumes on the button, he's going to fold. Right. He assumes yeah. he's going to fold. So when you're on the button, you do have, um, you can expand your calling range. You know, you don't, right. you don't necessarily have to. So I think okay. that's kind of the reasoning that went yep. through, through his head. Good. Yep. I think that makes sense. And that is a big difference between having player, having tight players to your left versus actually being able to feel like you're going to be on the button. Cause I mean, it, when you are in the cutoff like that and uh, you can effectively play the button that should uh, shrink your folding range, uh, like we talked about. So then you just have to decide if you're going to proceed as a call or a raise. And, you know, in these spots where the solvers have it as a 60% call and a 40% raise, that's really just permission to deviate into either one of those areas according to the table conditions in your gut so uh, i like that that makes sense um are they uh kim if you if you actually have that graph up at the moment um what are is there are there some cusp hands near that 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 are clearly more towards raising or more towards calling or is a lot is a lot of king, it a mixed strategy king nine suited and queen nine suited or more raises 
Mm -hmm. um, and tens and up, obviously the ones for value. And then ace, ten offsuit, ace, jack offsuit, ace, king offsuit, ace, queen suited, ace, king suited. And then some of our smaller suited aces, like ace, six suited, ace, seven suited, ace, eight suited. Those are calls or those are raises as those well? Those are more raised than calls. Yeah, yep. yeah. And that's the, for the same reason that King eight would be, I guess, because they've got the suitedness, the blocker value. So there's some playability there, but uh, they're not actually a good enough hand to call with, right. like some of the better ones. Okay, cool. So that makes sense. So I would say Louis calling a position is well within a mixed strategy and um, good conversation about whether to turn it into a raise or not. As it happens, the button does call. Uh, so that tight player is getting pretty good odds now in position. So they decide to come along. The Everyone else folds. The flop comes, king of diamonds, jack of diamonds, eight uh, offsuit. So we've flopped top and bottom pair, three-handed, and it is a, a pretty draw-heavy board. There's two diamonds and there's two different uh, straight draws on there. The original razor checks. We bet, and we bet about seventy thousand into a pot of one hundred and twenty thousand, so a little over half, which is appropriate given the dynamic board, I think. And the button overshoves for five hundred and twenty-three thousand, which is quite a bit compared to our raise, and. The other player folds, it's back to us. So this is the gross spot. We've got top and bottom pair. We have a player who called pre-flop. So they've got, the flop is king, jack, eight. So they've got pocket eights. They've got pocket jacks. Maybe they raise pocket jacks, although this is a very tight player. So we don't know if they're what they're doing with jacks. We think they probably raise kings. So I don't think they've got top set. And I don't think they're playing jack eight based on our description. So they have could have eights, could have jacks, could have king jack. Um, or they could have any number of diamond draws or queen 10 combos or nine 10 combos. There's a lot of draw possibility on a king jack eight flop with two diamonds so just at a very high level gang as described what kind of range are we putting this player on when they make this very aggressive overshove on the on this flop uh, i can tell you what the solver is putting them on sure okay good but enough place what they to start. should what they should be the only time they should be shoving is with king jack suited and offsuit um and then they should only be raising with pocket eights and they should occasionally so shove some middle suited ace of diamonds, but as a bluff, as a bluff to offset top two pair. Mm -hmm. And they should, they're not supposed to have jacks in their range, but when they do have jacks in their range, they, they prefer them to just call. Right. Oh, that's interesting. So, and they're not supposed to ever have Kings in their range, obviously. Right. So it just, it really favors the, that the only hands that they're really doing this with, that they're even raising with are 
King Jack and uh, Pocket Eights, which we block that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So. Oh, John, you're muted here. I don't know if uh, looks like you're trying to jump. In. Yeah, of course I was. Um, it's very the, considerate. It's interesting that. So it's a very tight player. So I'm trying to figure out what that means. How mm -hmm. should we adjust? Because the call has me a little bit stumped. Um, because well, I guess it's still, it, it's way too big to shove. I don't think they would be calling with something like ace king. Um, and they aren't short enough that they shouldn't be folding with, or shoving with something like ace king on a flop like this. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, if, they're, really if, we're not beat, if we're not beat already, they have definitely have at least a combo draw that is probably yeah. favored to win quite, or at least flip by the river. And do we, to me, this is like an easy fold versus that player type. Mm. Yeah, Eric, jump in there. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a fold. I mean, I can see a lot of hands that beat us that would do this. And, you know, I'm questioning would, would he, would the button jam with his draws? I mean, that's the question mark. Mm -hmm. And even if he does jam with his draws, his draws have a lot of equity. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's, that's the real key to me when I look at this and I think, so let's say this was a really loose player and they were shoving with, all their draws and some like thin value that we're actually beating right now. But we eliminate some of the stronger hands like Jacks and Kings because they would have three bet them preflop. And even maybe some of their King Jack combos, they've three bet preflop in this spot. It's not crazy. Um, then I feel a lot better getting it in with top and bottom pair here because a lot of their range is draws or one pair of hands that we're actually beating. But when it's this kind of player, they're not doing this with a pair of jacks. Um, they're not doing this with, I don't think they're doing it with like king queen. Uh, unless, well, and they can't have king queen with the two diamonds. So um, I think like you said, Eric, not only are they beating us with the hands that they're beating us with, but the other hands that they're choosing to do it with, we're actually not crushing them just their draw equity is doing pretty well against us uh, in this kind of spot. So versus that entire range, even though we can say, well, he's doing this with some diamond combos, he's doing this with some Broadway draw combos, even if it's true, that entire range still has us in a pretty bad spot. Right. And he, you got to think this is a player that hasn't played a hand in two hours. Right. And that has been sitting there for, playing for four days to get to the money in mm. the main event. <laughs> Right? So they're not going to be reckless. Right. <laughs> yep, I think that's true. So let's hear from our friend Jonathan Little, and then let's talk about, on the other side, take, a, take 36 seconds to think about what we think the worst hand he could be doing this for value would be. Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace-king when you miss the flop? 
Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little, and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at PokerCoaching.com slash RecPoker right now. There you go, folks. Rec Poker. Go to PokerCoaching.com slash Rec Poker and try out what Jonathan Little's got over there at PokerCoaching.com. If you don't like it, he said he will give you a money-back guarantee. Just tell him that Jim sent you, and he'll take great care of you. Um, so I just don't think – I don't think this player is doing this even with King 8. I think they're only doing it with King Jack – or jacks or eights of their value hands. And obviously we're crushed by that range. And I just don't see yeah. this player getting out of line with some of those draws. Yeah, Kim? Do you think they'd do it with ace-king, with the ace of diamonds? Mm, it's a good Cause example. Because these tight players don't always raise ace-king. No, you're right. Offsuit. But I mean, I don't know if they'd overshove there or just call there anyway. And wait and see what happens. Yeah, they're I not afraid they would... of another diamond coming, really. If they have the ace of diamonds, I think you're Maybe right. It would be more likely if they don't have the ace of diamonds, right? They have ace king without the ace of diamonds. Yep. Okay, so so maybe ace king. Let's say maybe there's some combos of ace king. I I, I, I again, I'm not sure this player type does as as we've described them. Because it feels like they don't want to go home on a second best hand, right? Like that's the player that we've talked about. Um, but I think they might have it. I think it's possible to yep. have Ace King here. Yep. I think it depends a little bit on what our image is. Yeah, to them great as well. Point. Great. Because point. if our image is just some wild, crazy, loose player, then they could definitely be shoving with Ace King because you're likely to make them uncomfortable. And if they shove all of the decisions are over <laughs> and then it's just easy from that point on. Um, but to make it this, this deep in the main event to day four, it just seems like, you know, you've got to be a better player than would generally do that. And one thing we haven't mentioned is that the original razor is still in the hand at this point. So right. the original razor, all they've done is check this flop. So and he doesn't say how much, how many big blinds the button has. No, he doesn't. The original razor is quite deep. Oh yeah, we, he has five hundred. He has about the same. Because, oh yeah, he did because he had to shove all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. So he's forty something deep. Yeah. So that I think, honestly, and, and this the the original razor is the chip leader, and so yeah. when they're still in the hand, even though they're the one that's been opening a lot. If I'm this player that we're describing in the button, that makes me even less inclined to shove this uh, when well, they're still in it. Well, a super not in hand. <laughs> It'd be right, right? So, okay. So I think let's agree then that we're crushed by the value combos for sure. So it's King Jack, Jacks, or Eights. Those are the value shoves. And most likely Jacks because we block the King. Right. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and then let's say that he's also doing it with queen 10 of diamonds, nine, 10 of diamonds, queen, nine of diamonds. And what? I don't think so. Ace, eight of diamonds. Maybe yeah. Ace, eight, eight, eight of diamonds. Yep. Ace, eight of diamonds. I don't think maybe. he's ever doing it with queen, nine of diamonds. 
Right. I mean, just, you have two hour levels. <laughs> you don't have to do that. <laughs> well, then I could. Okay. So even if he did, like that's a, we're, we're, we're definitely not loving life against that range. Um, those, those diamond draw, those combo draw hands that we just introduced are doing pretty well against us equity wise. All it takes is a diamond or, or a straight uh, card to come in. And then we're, then we're, it's going to be hard for us to catch up without boating up. And are there any other hands? Yeah. This is another one of those spots where I just don't see, I just don't see enough non-value hands in the range for me to feel like we, again, given that also it's a huge overbet. It's like, uh, what are we looking at here? 40, it's 40 big blinds. Into, yeah. Into what? Seven? Oh. Seven or eight big ones? Yeah, it's right? like another seven. It's another seven no, no, times it's, the... It's four and a half times the pot. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's it's into like 11 big blinds. So. Yeah, he does put the bet out or, there. Or, oh, yeah, um, no, it's 10 big blinds. The bet, the flop's 122,000. Yeah. So it's 10 big blinds, the flop. Plus plus the hero's bet. And he bets six or so, yeah. 70K, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't think it's, I think it's just what people do when they just don't want to see flush draws call and, you know, like. Yeah, some people aren't comfortable playing all, all the streets. Yep. Well, and it is a tricky, it's a, it's an awkward stack size because if he makes a small bet, if he makes a, so if he calls here, then he, well, he doesn't want to, <laughs> he doesn't want to see any more cards for one thing. So he wants to put a raise in, but if you look at the amount that he could raise it to a lot of those raising sizes, he's not going to have a pot size bet left on a future street. And I'm not sure if that's something he's thinking about, but I'd be a lot more uncomfortable as the hero. If folding, if this had just been a raise, Mm -hmm. I would have a harder time deciding what to do versus Mm -hmm. just a raise. Mm -hmm. When it's in, when it just goes all in, I don't know. I just think it's, you've still got 40 big, 40 big blinds in the the main event. In the main event. That's heaps. That's yeah. So if we were, if the hero had 20 big blinds. Yeah. Then he's realizing. Then I think it's probably a call. You just don't have enough chips to not Mm -hmm. give that a shot. Um, But in this particular case with the main event, I mean, if you double up, you're going to be at sure at 40 big blind, or I mean, 80 big blinds. But that's, which is better, but it's not that big of a difference. I, I don't know. For me, if I were playing the main event, I'd hope that I would fold in this situation. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I would, because in the moment, <laughs> who knows what my brain's going to do. But I think folding is probably the right play. We get a great comment, and, and I encourage everyone to go and we we try and review these forum posts on the air as best we can. But there, there's no substitute for going and reading the actual posts and seeing uh, people upload, you know, screenshots and charts and graphs and their own solver outputs and stuff like that. Um, but we get a couple comments here from the uh, conversation that I want to draw attention to. So one's from Sir Gasleek, who says, "I've never played the main event before, so take this with a grain of salt." 
But to me, this all comes down to how many draws he might have in his range because you're in bad shape against all his made hands. You block top and bottom sets. Uh, top is unlikely anyway, says Sir Gaslick. But you're way behind Jack-Jack if he flats that pre and King-Jack. Doughty's calling pre with Jack-8. You're flipping against all his good draws, and you're well ahead of his decent ones, hands like Ace-2 of Diamonds. So you need a bunch of those in there to make the call. If we limit his range to Jacks, King-Jack, and some Diamond combos that also have some straight draws, you're in rough shape. And I think that's, that's similar to the line we've taken here in the discussion group. Um, and then we get a comment from Chris Five by Five Jones here, talking about how um, he feels sick about it. He's never going to tell anyone. But if we haven't lost that much yet, uh, we can just get away from this hand by folding. And he just doesn't think that this villain is going to risk their entire main event on an unmade hand. And we're behind all the made hands. So, I mean, I think there's something to that. So, I guess for this group. What would the range have to be that we would put our opponent on to make king, calling with King-8 here uh, something that we felt good about? Because we can say, oh, well, if they were a more aggressive player or if they the stacks were this, but what actual range of hands, how wide would it have to be for us to feel good about calling with King-8 here, given that they have all these two pair hands that have us beat, They've got the sets. They've got the strong draws. I think for me, by the time they're betting their one pair of hands down to jacks, then I'm feeling a lot better about getting it in here. But I just don't think many players are going to make that error. Plus, they still have the preflop razor behind. Oh, yeah. Right. Who could have aces? Right. If we think they have Jack eight, then I'd feel more comfortable calling, right? Yeah. But if we can eliminate, if we eliminate Jack eight, then it's a, then it's a fold. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I think Louis, with the, from the way Louis is writing the hand, uh, the post, um, he obviously recognizes that he's behind all the made hands that are value betting here, and I think he recognizes the strength of the range that proceeds. So the, the question really is just how many, how much garbage is in that range, not garbage, how many sub premium hands are in that range such that we don't just throw up in our mouth at the thought of, uh, <laughs> of calling. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because, you know, even if you told, even if you told your opponent that you're doing this, it, let's say we're the button here for a second. Even if we told our opponent I'm going to raise all in here and I've got either a very strong draw or two pair plus here. You're, you should still fold in Chris's spot or in, in uh, Louis's spot here, I think, because it sounds like that's a range that is bluffing half the time, but even those bluffs have really, really good equity against you. So it, even though he's bluffing, you're, you should still just fold. So they have, to be, they have to be doing that with a lot of hands that, that you're way ahead of uh, to make it worth it when it's to that sizing, in my opinion. Any other thoughts on this before we uh, roll on out after another fun night? It's just overbets are, are weird. Um, 
Kim, you said something here about that if it was a smaller raise, you'd be more comfortable calling. No, no, uh, I'd have oh, a no, more difficult was, you'd, decision. You'd be more difficult decision, yeah. Yeah, so, I think this is a fairly easy fold for all my chips in the main event. And do you... Versus f- this profile. Versus this profile, yes, yes. Yeah. So do you think that versus this profile, when people make the the call me sizing raise that that's a stronger range than when they make the shove raise because it um, never has, it never has those, those draw combos no, in there. Like I think that this player could do this with ace King could raise here with ace King mm-hmm. for instance. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. So yes. Now I'm like, okay, are they doing this with ace King? Like is right. that in their range now? Right. So and that makes it a tougher decision. Makes it a tougher decision. Because you're ahead of more of the hands that take the smaller sizing. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I want to put a big thank out uh, to Louis Hillman and to Sir Gasleek and uh, Chris Jones 5x5 for posting in the forums. And of course, uh, website AMP and Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casinos. Uh, my good friends, John Somsky, Eric Jin, and Kim Kilroy. And you, the listeners. See you next week. Thanks, guys.